0: Well, what's up, everybody? I hope you're doing great. I hope you had just an incredible time of worship. And and so, uh, if you are new here, I wanted to introduce myself. My name is Aaron Olinsky. I'm the lead pastor here at Grace, and you came on a fantastic Sunday. Uh, this is going to be our first Sunday on a new series that we're calling Sons and Daughters. And uh, we've been working on this one for a while. We're super excited. There's a lot of heart and, and desire and passion that, that we're putting into this. Uh, and so, I'm, I'm believing that it's going to be powerful. And so, what I need you to do is, I just need you to come kind of open up. I need you to open yourself, open your mind, your heart, your spirit, just open up to what God might say, what the Holy Spirit might communicate to you over the next 30 to 35 minutes because I'm believing it's going to be significant. Because anytime people come to a church, like we get it. We're like, hey, well, you know we're going to a church. It's it's neat. and uh, But we we feel that it's more than that. We feel like God puts people together. Uh, in scripture, it talks about that God makes churches like a body, a body of Christ. He, he says that we can be like brothers and sisters in Christ and and so that makes us sons and daughters of God. It makes us brothers and sisters. So this is like family, right? We're that close. This is a house, a house of worship and a place where we can connect with God. And so we just need to help you see yourself in who you are and who God has made you to be. And so we're going to talk about different things over the course of the next several weeks. And I'm really excited about what God is going to communicate. And so we've adopted a, a theme verse for the next few weeks uh, for this whole entire series. And so this is really neat because this is actually God's speaking to us. This is 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 18. This is what he says, and I will be your father, and you will be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. So that's super important. Like God is saying that. He's communicating that. And so what I want to do before I get into you know, the, the scripture text for today and, and the message, I want to just kind of set the stage, right? This is the first week. This is the introductory message. I have several things that I want to lay out for us so that we can all be in the same page and kind of be like understanding so we can travel together on on this story. So for us here at Grace Church, we believe in the Bible. Uh, We believe that the Bible is God's word, that God speaks, that he communicates through him himself, through his spirit, and inspired men to to write down things. And so it's communicated, written down. And so we get to read that. We believe he communicates and gives us this guide, scripture, the holy scripture that, that we can read and apply in our life. Well, if you take the Bible in its entirety and you split it into two parts, The first part that you have is what's called the Old Testament right? And so the Old Testament is known because it's, it's about the law. It's the law that God gave to Moses for the Israelites. And so the second part of the Bible is the New Testament. And so the New Testament is predominantly known for its grace, like God gives grace to the people. So when you take those two parts and you break them down, when you look at the Old Testament, it's a lot, a lot, a lot of rules, a lot of regulations and laws and stipulations. In fact, there's hundreds, hundreds and hundreds of laws that the Israelites had to follow. They had, animal sacrifice and they had all these different things they had to do and was very, very specific and detailed. And so in that, just kind of in my opinion, when you look at God and who he is, he's father, right? We get that he's loving. But when you look at all those laws, God's love kind of gets lost in all of that. And so Israel, you know, the Israelites, they were required to follow the law and to fulfill it and to do the entire thing, like all of it. That was their goal. Like every single law, you had to follow all of them. And so when they couldn't do that, there was this disconnect, right? They felt disconnected from God, and so they had sinned, and they had to do animal sacrifice, but that, and so they just felt that in their lives, where they felt far from God. Now, that does not mean that God is unfaithful and that he's far, but sometimes we feel that distance. And so Paul writes about this same thing in Romans chapter 3, verse 20. He says, For no one can ever be made right with God by doing what the law commands. The law simply shows us how sinful we are, right? And so Paul's saying, hey, it can't be done. You know, and Paul was a religious leader uh, at one point in time, and so he tried to follow the law to a T and and did the best he could, but even him, he couldn't do it. And so he just is like, man, this is not going to produce the righteousness that we long for, that we desire, that we think. And so when you look at the Old Testament and all the laws, you have, you know, the beginning books and the middle books and Solomon Proverbs, and then you have some prophets. And so the very last book in the Old Testament, is a minor prophet by the name of Malachi. And so Malachi writes the very end, last book, and last couple of verses in the Old Testament, God promises to send a prophet. And so and he's talking about Jesus. So in Malachi chapter 4, verse 6, this is what it says. It says, His preaching will turn the hearts of fathers to their children and hearts of children to their fathers. And so everything that we do Right in life and family and work and in, in, in church, like everything shows how we relate to one another, right? It just we have to understand that relationships are extremely important. Our relationship to God, right, and connection with Him. And so when when we understand the scripture and it kind of breaks down, what happens is you have the Old Testament, and God says this, you know, this connection with fathers to, to children, and then you have the New Testament. So God sends Jesus, and then you have the four gospels, and we understand Jesus' story and his death and his resurrection. But the huge thing that we're going to touch on is Jesus, in who he is, he changed the way that people relate to God. Jesus wanted it to be more relational, to have this connection. We see Jesus as God's son, but it needed to be this relationship change from Old to New Testament. And so when you, when you hear Jesus talking about God, in fact, in the Gospels, Jesus is recorded at saying the word Father and calling God Father 165 times, and then Paul the apostle he wrote several books and letters in the New Testament as well. He writes about God being Father over 40 times. So you're talking about over 200 times God being Father. Now here's the reason I say that, because in the Old Testament it's only 12. So you have 12 times in all the books in the Old Testament where God is is called Father, and then you have over 200. In the New Testament. So there was this change, right? A transformation that took place. It's the same God, same Father, but because of Christ, everything changed the way that we we relate to Him. And so God becomes our Heavenly Father. But sometimes when we talk about that or we think about that, we have some struggles. Right? Maybe you struggle in the way that you see God and how you connect with him. And, and maybe you don't quite see him as a father. And so sometimes when, when we struggle, we go back to the old ways. We go back to the old system. And, and what happens is sometimes in our lives, we try and go back to implement these rules and regulations and how we connect with God. In fact, we'll even put rules on God himself, and we'll, we'll, we'll do that to try and control him, so that way he, he'll do the things that we want. And so just to, so you're aware, that's called religion. You know, that, that, that's not relationship and, and this intimate connection with God. That's religious rules and stipulations that, that we want to follow or we want God to have to follow. And so we do that to control God, where we say, hey, I did this, and, and then I did this, and so you have to love me, right, because I did those things. And so because of, of the stipulations and the rules, and, and that's, that's religion. That's not connection. Let me give you a, just an example from marriage. So if you say, or if you have even unspoken expectations in your marriage and on your spouse, that they are to do certain things so that you will learn, you will love them, like that's manipulation. okay? You're wanting them to perform and do certain things, so then they get something as a result. That's manipulative. It's like if, if my wife says, "You need to kiss me three times a day and you need to help me with the laundry, and you need to buy me that purse, and then you can buy the things for your truck. I did finish the laundry last night, just FYI. And so, but you can't do that, right? You can't do that in a marriage, in a relationship. That's manipulation. And really what you're doing is you're setting yourself up for failure with all these often unspoken expectations. But we do that with God all the time. If I read my Bible and, and I go to Grace Church, and like if I go to Grace Church twice in a row, like two weeks in a row, oh my gosh, like you're going to give me the promotion, right? The, the one at work, the one that I put my, like because I did those things, I get that. That's religion, that's rules. And so the way God wants it in our connection with Him, it's to be Jesus and nothing. Like, nothing. It's to be Jesus in our connection with him and through him, and nothing else, like nothing in addition to that. So we've got to understand it's Christ and Christ alone because of his death and resurrection, and that's how we get our connection with God. And we need to get this. We need to understand this. We need to allow this to saturate our soul, because we, oftentimes we say that, we think that, maybe even believe that, but then why do we try and put God in a box? Like, why do we try and control him and contain him? And so one of the reasons I, I think that's the case it's because relationships can get messy. You know what I'm talking about? Relationships that we have in our life, they're messy, they're hard, they're challenging. But if we have a set of rules that we can follow and stipulations, we can keep track of that. We can measure the rules. Am I following this rule? Did I check this box? I mean, we have metrics and measurements in our life all the time. If you're a business person, you have certain metrics that you're tracking, right? You know income, you know expense, you know salary, right? We get that so we can keep track. So we try and do that with God so we can keep score on what we've done and what he's done for us. And so when we do that, like it's hard to have relationship It's hard to have this connection with our Heavenly Father. And then it is possible that another reason we struggle in our connection with God as Father is because maybe we didn't have a great earthly representation of a Father in our life. And so, right now, I just I know many people struggle with that and their connection with their dad. And, and maybe that's something that, that you battle with and have struggled with. And, and I know, just in our culture, in our society, there's, there's a, a major concern about the, the younger generation, right? The teenagers and the, and the millennials and the 20-something and their, the disconnect that they've experienced with fathers because of divorce, because of single-parent families. In fact, some people have even coined them the fatherless generation because of the absence of fathers in the home. And the concern is that the consequences as a result could be devastating in connection and in, in just in life. And so for us as a church, we're passionate about this. This is a big deal, and we understand that. So we want to talk about it. We want to communicate. We want to talk about what it is to be a son, to be a daughter, to have this amazing connection with our Heavenly Father. And so we want to combat this understanding of fatherlessness. That's extremely important to us because I believe that we have the solution. For us as a church, we have the answer. We have the solution, so we need to give that to the people. And because I feel like God designed it so that our dad, our earthly father, would be a representation of him. But that, that might not be the case for you and your story. And the reason that is, is because when sin entered the world, imperfection came, and it came on every single one of us, and it affected our dads also. And their struggles and the things that they deal with. And and so because of sin, none of us are perfect. And so because of that, we now have a skewed perspective on God. We have a skewed perspective on the people that are around us. Even on our dads that are in our life. And sometimes even on ourselves. Our perspective on ourselves and our own self-image. And I want to ask you just a, a serious question about you. Uh, and, 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 and I know sometimes it helps us to, to focus in a little bit. And so if, if you want to close your eyes to focus in, to just kind of really look in depth and, and introspectively to answer this question, you can certainly do that. But if I ask you, who are you? How would you answer that? Who are you? What word or words would you pick? And, and it's just a three-word three sentence. It's a three-word question. Who are you? Who do we see ourselves as, right? Who do we perceive ourselves? Who, what, what's the label that the world puts on us that we've now ha- have taken on in our lives? What, when you look in the mirror in the morning, what do you think when you look at yourself? What do you see? oh, I'm so blank, fill in the blank, what would that be for you? And some of you, just even in that brief moment, you heard some really difficult things. Uh, you, you, You heard that you feel alone. You see yourself as alone. You see yourself as lonely, and you see yourself as forgotten by other people, You see yourself as annoying because your parents had always told you that. You see yourself as stupid and and not as intelligent as you'd you'd like to be. You look at the exterior and you say, I'm ugly. You think you're pathetic or no good. You, You describe yourself as feeling hurt and sad in your life and even unwanted by others. And so those are some things that are hard and difficult to process. Or maybe you heard some very different words maybe you, you what you would use to describe yourself is you would say, I'm successful. I'm an overachiever. I'm accomplished. I'm a self-made person. I'm smart. I, I, I'm tough. I'm strong. I'm resilient. I have perseverance. I've worked through some things. So maybe you have some things that are negative. Maybe some others are more on the positive spectrum, but there's probably some words on one side or the other or on maybe both, right, both sides that we hear. And so one of the things that we always try and do is we try and connect the dots for everybody and make it as practical as possible to take God's word and apply it in our lives. And so every single person has a little sticker on their chair next to them. And it's a hello, my name is sticker. And so what I want you to do is I want you to go ahead and take that out right now. Yes, I'm going to wait until you take it out. Grab your pen that's there with you because I'm going to have you fill something in right? Go ahead and pull it out, and I'll wait. I'm good. Hello, my name is... Everybody, everybody should have one with a pen. And so what I want you to do right now is I want you to write one word or two words that you thought... When I said, who are you? I want you to write those down. And I realize some of you are going, what if the person next to me sees it? Well, then cover it a little bit. I get it. Like, I understand. Like, it, it might be embarrassing you, you, but I need you to write that down. We're going to unfold things over the course of this series, and I need to begin doing that today. And this is part of the process. So what would you write if I said, who are you? Whether negative or positive, what would you put on there? Go ahead and take a moment and do that. And now, oh, I need to do mine. This is how serious I am about this. I'm doing it too. Let's all do this together. And then I want you to take the backing of the sticker off and put it on your chest right now. And I realize you're going, oh my gosh, what if the person next to you, well then sit with your arms closed for the rest of the service, that's okay. Like they might see it, I get it, and you might be a little bit embarrassed, but I need you to go ahead and put that on your chest right now. So if you came up to somebody, a stranger, somebody you didn't know, would you introduce yourself by that label right there? I mean, who who would do that? Who would do that? I'm pathetic, I'm lonely. Like we just wouldn't do that yet. That's how we feel about ourselves. Moment by moment, day by day, even today, even right now. And so what I wanna share with you is God wants us to identify with one of two words. It's either son or daughter. That's the word that God wants us to have that we can connect with him. And so that's the identity that he wants for us. And so if we answer on one side or you know things that were negative and challenging and hard to hear, or 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 the other that was positive, then we're seeing ourselves in a different way than God sees us. The perspective is different. And so Jesus came to change all of that. Every single piece of that. Because in the New Testament, Jesus had constant communication with his dad, with his heavenly father. This is so important. And so there were, there were two times that we can read in Scripture where God communicates back, right? where God speaks from heaven to Jesus for all, all the people to hear. Right? There were two times that God spoke out loud about Jesus. The first time was at Jesus' baptism, and the second was on the Mount of Transfiguration. Right? And so we're going to read those verses in just a moment. But the Father wanted all mankind... To hear what he was going to say about Jesus. And people wrote it down and we get to read it. So we're talking 2,000 years later, we get to read what God said about his son. And both times he said the same thing. Now, I don't know about you, but if I really, really want somebody to get something, I say it twice, twice. like So that way they get it, get it. So God said the same thing twice so that we we could read it and get it. So let's read the first one, the baptism of Christ. Matthew 3, verse 16. After his baptism, as Jesus came up out of the water, the heavens were opened up, and he saw the Spirit of God descending on, on him like a dove and settling on him. And a voice from heaven said, this is my dearly loved Son who brings me great joy. And then you have the example of the Mount of Transfiguration, where Jesus is on a mountaintop with Peter, James, and John. And, and, and like, he, he reveals himself in all of his glory. And Peter was talking and some, saying some things to Jesus. And then we have Matthew 17, verse 5. But even as he spoke, a bright cloud overshadowed them. And a voice from the cloud said, This is my dearly loved son, who brings me great joy. Listen to him. Now, when God says something twice, like we've got to pay attention, because this is the only time that He speaks out loud, right? Like we've got to get this. This is a big deal. And the thing that's interesting to me, of all the things God could have said, of all the things, He didn't say. Make sure you read your Bible. Make sure you pray. Like He didn't. Like He didn't do all that. He picked this, and He repeated Himself. And the reason I bring this up, and we need to understand this in week one, is because this is for us as well. When God speaks these things over Christ, he speaks the same things over us. That we can call ourselves a son or a daughter of God, our Heavenly Father. And so what I want to do over the next few moments is I want to break these things down into three different categories of the things that God said about Jesus and that he speaks over us. And the first is about his identity, where he says, this is my dearly loved son. His identity is a son of God. And so one of the things we love to do is just some fun different things and, and have us as a church interact with social media. And so what we want you to do is we want you to post a picture from, when you, from your childhood, from when you were a son or a daughter, when you were little, like a little guy. And in fact, we have a couple of examples that we want to share with you. This is Pastor Nicole and I from when we were kids. She's so cute, isn't she, with her Dorothy Hamill haircut. And then I'm over there, like I got my super kid shirt on. And so we want you guys to do the same thing, whether it's today or over the course this week. We, we want to have basically like a, a childhood photo contest of when you were a kid, and we want you to post your picture and tag Grace Church. And and so we just, we want to have that connection. And so we just, we love to do fun things. So we'd, we'd love to see, you know, when you were a kid, you can do it with a picture, you know, when you got all the mud on your face or whatever it is you got in the, you were making mud pies, like do something fun. That'd be super cool for us to connect with each other. But so in my picture, right, everybody's, you know, I have the super kid shirt on and, and I to that, that shirt. I remember, it. and and so you know I, I just I look at my life and the things that God has done it just is really neat you know how God has used me to do some pretty cool things and and in fact you know a lot of people would look at me in my life and consider me a, a successful person because of the things that God has done like he's allowed me to, to do youth ministry and be an assistant pastor and be the lead pastor here and and I, i've been able to help some people along the way and do some things you know in the community and in our church and to fulfill like, my career and my calling that God has put in my life. So people would look at me and see me as a successful person. But I, got, I have to be honest with you, over the last two years, I, I have really, really been struggling in the area of identity, in, in my identity as a person and who I am. And so I want to share with you just kind of how that came to be in a little bit of that story. There are a lot of layers to all this. Um but it was about two years ago that I was in Fort Myers at Next Level Church. Uh, we are part of a coaching network called Next Level Coaching, and Pastor Matt and Sarah Keller are the lead pastors there. There are coaches. There's, uh, I want to say, 86 or 87 um, other pastors across from the nation that are in this coaching network. So we all have groups and we talk and we share. And and so we were at the end of the year conference a couple years ago, and it was powerful, amazing. They always give you know insight and things that help us just in our jobs, but then also deep spiritual things, right, to help us. And, and just our connection with God, and for us as leaders and in churches and stuff, and, and so I was having this moment with God, where I was connecting with Him, and you know I just was worshiping and praying, and and God began to show me that I struggle, I struggled with feeling contempt. Now I have to be honest, I didn't even know what contempt meant, so because I, I immediately thought contempt of court, right? Like contempt, like what contempt? Oh God, you know, I, I thought of a judge in a courtroom and, you know, contempt of court. I'm going, whoa, 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 God, that, that's not me. Like I, I'm not a disrespectful person. What's the deal? So what I did is what all of us do. Give me the definition of contempt. Oh, stinks. She, okay, she was actually gonna say it. Um, your phone's a girl too, right? So, um, so the first definition of contempt you know, after I asked Siri, and it popped up, is it's the feeling or consideration of being beneath consideration. So it's when a person feels beneath consideration. And when I read that, it struck me like an arrow, because it was absolutely true. Um, I felt like in my relationship with God and the way that I was connecting with him was that he was doing all these things for other people, but he wouldn't necessarily do them for me. Um, And so mixed with uh, poor self-image, some insecurity, some other things, um, it was really hard. And um, so after that, I began to dive a little bit deeper into who I am, and I, I began to see a counselor. I began to read some particular books and, and uncover some things. And so, like, when I say, you know, we're really excited about this series, this, like, th- this series is, is me. It's us. It's the things that God has revealed that we've got to share with you. It's part of our story. And so God began to show me what it is to have some healthy self-worth, to be his son, and to see myself as that, and to see him as my dad, and and have my identity with him. I mean, I have a dad in heaven, which is so cool. It's so amazing, and he's perfect in every way. And so... And when, when you talk about identity, though, I mean, identity is so important. We probably will do a whole entire series on identity by itself. I mean, it's one point in this message for today, but it, there's so much to it. We probably will do a whole series on connecting with God and our identity. Um, but here, God says over Jesus, he says, he's my dearly loved son. And so for all the sons and all the daughters, can you hear God saying that about you? You are my dearly loved son. You are my beloved beloved daughter. Like, can you hear God saying that about you and who you are? So our identity. The other thing in relation to all these verses that God says to, about Jesus is about acceptance, right? He says, He's gonna, he brings me great joy. I accept him. Like, uh, and who he is, he, br- he just gives me joy. Uh, so th- you have to understand, in the context of these verses especially the, the baptism of Jesus, the first time God says this, Jesus had not even started his ministry yet, okay? J- Jesus had not done one single miracle up to this point, and God says, you're my loved son, and, I, and you bring me great joy. Because of what? Because of all the things he had done? No, because Jesus hadn't done any miracles up to that point. He's saying, I, you give me great joy just because, just because of who you are. But for us in our life, we connect acceptance with accomplishments, don't we? Where we have to earn God's love. We have to do things so that he acknowledges us or we earn uh, the things in his life like let me give you just some raw examples where it's like we're told all our lives for the students that are here like you got to get good grades and when you get good grades then you get all these things you got to make good decisions don't make bad decisions you got to be successful th- th- then you'll be accepted in life if, if you if you accomplish things and you have success then you're gonna feel accepted if you give love if you give sex then you, th- that person will accept you if you have these achievements then others around you will respect you and accept who you are. And so what we do is we base our eternal theology on the way the world around us influences us. But our salvation is not earned. It's it's not, there's nothing that you and I can do to earn salvation, it's a gift. No longer are we under the Old Testament and the Old Law. It's by grace. It's a gift from God because of Jesus. Like, that's it. Like, there's nothing. It's only because of Christ. And so what I want you to do is every single one of us, we're going to say something out loud to God right now. So so I want you to say, you are my Father, and you love me. In fact, we have this for the screen. Everybody say this together. Ready? You are my Father, and you love me. Not because of anything that we've done. But we are loved and we are accepted just because you're his. And that's it. Identity and acceptance. And the third thing that I want to pull out from those verses that God speaks over Jesus is about approval. When our oldest son was born. He's 17 now, you know, when he was born, right? First time child. Those of us that are parents, if you have kids, you know what this is like. Your your, your, spouse, your wife's pregnant and, you know, big belly. You kind of do the thing, you know, you talk to the belly. deal. Right? It's first kid. So you're all kind of enamored with it. You're caught up in what's going on now. Like, you even put speakers up to the belly, play music and stuff. And so I can remember being in the hospital uh, you know in the delivery room baby 's born super awesome, amazing. they clean them up, wrap them you know in these, in this in the cloth and stuff and and it 's just like you stare i don 't know if you 've experienced this before, even if you 're a single person, maybe you 've gone to to, your, to a friend 's you know room and, you've, and you 've you've, you've seen and, and, and you stare you're like you stare at the baby and you look at them and and you, and you, and you hold them and they 're all snuggled and, and you get your nose real close and you just you kind of smell them a little bit and they have that new baby smell and you sing to them and you cuddle them and you hold them close and then maybe you have people come and visit or you go visit and, and you're like, oh, how are you doing? Great, where's the baby? And like that's all, they, like, they want to hold the baby and they want to see the baby and, and hold them and stuff and that's how our heavenly father sees us, okay? I need you to get that our dad in heaven holds you like this, And he looks at you and he smells you and he sings to you. Not not because of anything that you've done, but because of who you are. He approves of you so much, like just so much. You can't make him love you more than he already does. It's impossible. It can't be done. So if you're a guy, like you're his stud, you're his champion. He's so proud of you. As a man, the man that you are, the man that you're becoming, if, you, if you're a woman, like he, he looks at you and he sees you as his daughter. He sees you as his princess. He adores you. He cherishes you in who you are. You're his daughter. And so I realized like this may be a new concept for some of you and, and it's so big and so important. We're going to uncover several different aspects of this over the next several weeks. And so if this has kind of hit you at all and you've connected with this, I need you to come back because we're going to hit different layers and go deeper and deeper and God's going to do amazing things. And if you know somebody that's got to come, like I need you to bring them with you because it's probable that you have somebody in your life that needs to hear this. So it's going to be incredible what, what God is going to do. And so even right now in this moment, some of you are, are needing to have this connection with God to see him as dad. Like you're needing that. And I get it. I needed it too. But there's a first step for some of us and that we've got to get. And it's the aspect of salvation. So I want to talk about salvation. And then we're going to, we're going to pray twice. Like, and so we'll pray at the end about being a son or daughter. But we've got to make sure we take of the care of the first thing. And so we need to make a commitment to follow Jesus. and Because I talked about Christ, where it's only because of him. And so in your life right now, if you have not yet made the decision to follow Jesus, you can do that today. In just a moment, I'm gonna have you raise your hand and you can do that and we'll pray and it's gonna be powerful, but you maybe just maybe need to do that first step. That's got to happen. Or maybe in your life, you need to recommit to him, where you you know, you know who he is, but he feels distant and far, and, and so you need to recommit your life to Christ. And so if everybody here in the auditorium, if you would be willing to bow your head and close your eyes, because I did say I was going to have you raise your hand, and I am, but I, I don't want you to feel embarrassed or that other people are looking at you, and I get it. It's already hard enough. You got, you know, this thing and the sticker on your chest, and you want to hide it, and But right now in this moment, this is so far beyond that. This is you and your life and who you are and your identity as a son or daughter with God has got to go through Jesus first. He is God's son and he laid his life down and he died and bled and was crucified, but he rose again for you and I so that we could have forgiveness of our sins and so that we can commit our life to follow him and that, that we get, in scripture it uses the word saved, that we can be born again, that we're, that we get spiritually born new and we begin a new life in Christ. And I know that there's probably some of you that you need to do that or recommit your life to Christ. Maybe you followed him before, but things have gone awry and you're off track right now and you know it. So I've asked everybody to bow their head and close their eyes so nobody's looking around, just me. But if that's you, go ahead and put your hand up. Like right now, just in the auditorium, just say, you know what, that's me. Uh, I I know that I need to make a commitment to follow Jesus. I need to recommit, thank you so much. I see your hand in the back, I see your hand in the front. Go ahead and put it up. You know, just don't, don't be ashamed, like yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much. Okay, you can go ahead and put your hands down. So what I'm going to do now, everybody's eyes are closed, so I'm going to pray. And so those of you that had your hand up or if you need to make a commitment to follow Jesus, you pray with me right now. It's not that my words are special or magical in any way, but God looks at our heart and who we are. And so maybe you say something to God. Let's pray together. Maybe you say, God, I know I need you. God, I recognize that you are a heavenly father and I wanna connect with you. I need you to be my dad. And thank you so much for sending Jesus. And so Jesus, right now, I put my faith in you, my belief in you. I say it with my mouth, I believe it in my heart, that you truly are God's son. And I commit to follow you with my whole life. Every day, every moment, every decision, I make this hugely important commitment towards you because I know I need you. Would you please forgive me for the things that I've done wrong, that I might have a fresh start and a new beginning in you, that I could be a son or a daughter in you. In Jesus' name. I know that there were several of you that put your hands up or maybe you prayed that prayer and you recommitted. You know, we we don't ever want people to, to feel like they're on this journey alone and so there's two different things that that we have opportunities for that we would ask you to pick one of them one you can stop by our connection center out in the lobby and just let us know say hey i made a commitment to follow christ and yet there's just a quick little thing we can have you fill out so we can connect with you or you can go online you can go to gracechurch.life and you can click on i said yes just put in some information there because we'd love to follow up with you right we just we want to connect with you as well and encourage you in any way that we can but so that's the first step that's hugely important in, in our salvation and our commitment to follow Christ so then I also want to pray for for us that that need this next step and here's the deal it just might be all of us that when I talked about that hello my name is you know we all put different things on there and some were positive some were negative but some of you are struggling in your identity some of you big time some of you maybe even just a little bit because you had lies that were spoken over you. You had things that other people said that weren't true, and they've held you back. And it's a label that you've worn your whole the whole life. Whether it was religion, whether it's performance, whether it's abuse. Maybe you're, you were in an abusive situation, and things were spoken over you, about you. You were made to do things, and, and, and your identity has been tainted because of that. Or maybe you experienced conditional love. Here's the reality. The Father wants to change all of that, and He wants to change it now. And I need you to understand that you can have this. This isn't far and distant or for anybody else. It's for you right now in this moment, and do not let the devil diminish this moment. Or diminish you where he's gonna try and speak some lies into you and go, oh that's not you. No, you can't be forgiven. No, that's for somebody else. That's him. He's trying to lie to you. It's not true. Don't let him disqualify you in this moment because the Lord is speaking over you and he loves you. He delights in you. He sees you as a son or daughter. He accepts you and you're you're already approved. And so if that's you and you need this, I want you to go ahead and stand up. You know that your identity and approval, go ahead and stand up. Be so bold. You put a sticker on. Be so bold to be willing to stand up and what God is doing and who He is and how He's identifying with us. Go ahead and stand to your feet. And I'm going to pray for every single one of us, but just as so you're aware, I want every single one of us, regardless of what you put on here, as you leave the auditorium today, I want you to take this off and there's some banners on the side. I just want you to stick it on that, on that banner because some of us, we need to remove our labels and our identity. That was a lie and now it's gone. So I need you to get that you're a son or a daughter in him. So let's go ahead and pray. So God, we come before you, Father. Thank you so much for this moment, for this declaration. God, there are some things that that have influenced us so greatly, so negatively, or even in a positive way, but we have not seen our true identity in who you've made us to be as a son or a daughter. And so, Lord, we just want to acknowledge how much we need you. How thank you for your word and your scripture and what you speak over Jesus that we now can take this and apply in our lives. God, that this would transform us, Lord, that this would remake us in how we think about ourselves, how we feel about ourselves, how we perceive us, how we perceive other people, Lord, that we would be able to identify with you as our dad like never before, and that our relationship would just just exponentially grow, and our connection with you. Thank you so much for your forgiveness and for your approval, for your acceptance, And that our identity is in you. So we believe that and we take it on for ourselves. In Jesus' name, amen.